This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, got a special guest this morning that I'm excited to, to introduce you all to. Uh, you've heard us talking about this movie that we're working on, and I've introduced Kevin Ernst to you all, uh, our development producer, and and uh, Rocky and I have talked about this, but... Uh, as you may have heard, we finally uh, hired a screenwriter, and uh, his name is Brian Bird, and he's here with me today. So welcome, Brian. Thank you, Brian. I'm glad to, glad to be with you today. You've got a good name, except you spell it wrong That's with an true. I, and, uh, but we'll forgive you for that. <laughs> so, uh, so Brian, um, tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are and how long you've been doing movie stuff and anything you want to share. Sure. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, well, I'm, I'm a writer and producer who's worked in, you know, in film and TV and in Hollywood for the last 35 years on a Lots of different projects um, over the years. Um, perhaps most notably, some of your listeners would would know me for a show like Touched by an Angel. I was a writer producer on that show for many seasons. Um, I wrote and produced a movie a handful of years ago based on the Lee Strobel best-selling book, The Case for Christ, mm-hmm. called The Case for Christ movie, and uh, was thrilled with with that film and, and the impact that it had on people all over the world who got to see it. And for the last little more than a decade, I, I Michael Landon Jr. and I built a show and launched a show uh, on the Hallmark Channel that is their number one hit. It's called When Calls the Heart. And it's a faith and family and uh a show full of hope, faith, and love that's on the Hallmark Channel, and it's become a a big cable TV hit for them. Uh, our 11th season of the show launches on Hallmark April 7th, mm. and uh, we believe there's more to come. So it's been a, a fantastic journey for Michael and I to build this show and to give birth to this show that is now reaching when it's on uh, every year it's it's it reaches three and a half million people a week mm. on television and it has its own uh, fan army around it who call themselves Hardies okay hashtag Hardies is the hashtag on social media and it goes far and wide and the Hardies are I say they're Trekkies on steroids because <laughs> the, these are loyal, hungry fans for uplifting television mm. at a time when there's not much of that in, in the world that is you know, true. on TV. So I'm, I'm excited to be joining with influencers on their first movie project mm-hmm. uh, based on Rocky Fleming's book, Journey to the Inner Chamber. And so this film, The Journey... Uh, we've been starting to give birth to it mm-hmm. in some creative meetings, and it's just been a joy to to work with such great minds mm. uh, at influencers, sort of getting this the ball rolling. Yeah, 
Well, and I have to say, uh, I grew up watching Little House on the Prairie. Yes. And so I always had, I loved Michael Landon, you know, as a man, and learned that he's a good man. Besides, yes. besides his character was a great man. But, right. Uh, and now his son's carrying that on, which is awesome. Carrying and, on the legacy. Oh, and I learned a, I loved, learned a fun little thing that one of your first projects was Fantasy Island. Because yes. every Saturday night in my the Craig household, we it was uh, Love Boat at eight o'clock. That's right. And nine o'clock Fantasy Island the, in the Tulsa, plane. Oklahoma. The plane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my first uh, cup of coffee, and I, you know, if you will, the big leagues of of film and television, was uh, writing an episode of of Fantasy Island in 1984. I was just a young buck, 25 or so uh, years old. And um, I got an opportunity to to write an episode of that, that show. I was a journalist. I was a newspaper man, a magazine reporter. I had been, uh, I'd gone to journalism school. And so I thought that was my, that was going to be my career working as a journalist, a fact finder. And I had, I got this opportunity to write this episode of, of a very fictional television show. And I fell in love with it so much. I said, I got to do more of that. Mm, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and over the next few years, I morphed from journalism into film and TV as a full-time job avocation. And, uh, it's challenging. It's, it's competitive. It's hard to break in, but, uh, you know, God opened, incredible doors for me uh, in my career. Uh, and I felt a calling with my life to find a way through my writing to move men closer to God. Mm. That it was impressed upon me that that was what I was supposed to do in the world. My purpose, why I'm here. And well, so I've tried to do that all these years. And I was going to ask you about your faith. So tell me a little bit about your faith and how you came to faith and how important that is to you right now. So I, I was raised in a Christian home. My, my father, when I was really little, was a pastor of a small church in, in Illinois. My grandfather, before him, was a career pastor uh, in the Foursquare denomination. And so... I was raised in church. Um, my father left the pastorate when we moved to California. I was, I think, I believe five years old when we moved to California. And my father had this big baritone voice, just a great radio voice. And he got into radio. He went to radio school, Columbia School of Broadcasting, and so for most of my growing up years, my dad was not a pastor, but he was a DJ, <laughs> right? <laughs> Spinning music, you know, or, and or narrating things, news, you know, and so forth at, at different radio stations. And so I grew up with my dad on the radio. We were still a church family. I was in church every Sunday. Uh, so I, I was sort of baptized in ministry and media all my young life and, you know, got a, had an affinity for both. It was sort of a fusion in my life of, over ministry and media. When I was seven years old, I dedicated my life, committed my life to Christ uh, as my Savior in a Whirly Birds Club Bible study for kids, right, at church. And 
So I, I have been a Christian since I was a little kid. And when I became a journalist and went to secular journalism school in college, I, I started to see that the world was maybe bigger than I knew, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? A lot of questions firing at us. And, and it made me have a bit of existential doubt, right, about what I had, the faith that, that I had been raised with. And, I, you know, I tried to, to resolve the cognitive dissonance, dissonance that was growing in me myself, and it, it was not going well. And I, I finally reached out to a journalism professor at, at the journalism school that I attended, Dr. Stevens, who had also come up through the ranks of journalism, and now he was teaching journalism. And I, and I, and I didn't know his story or his background, but I, I, I just waited for him at the end of a class, and I said, I'm, having, I'm struggling to understand how to, to put the t- these two worlds together, the world of my, my faith, the world of my growing up years, and this massive world full of lots of contradictions and complications and lots of questions. And he said, I went through a similar you know, gauntlet. I went through a similar crucible as you're going through. And he said, um, I came out okay on the other side. And he said, what you're experiencing is the marketplace of ideas. And sometimes in sort of the Christian world, the Christian community, we're afraid of questions. We're afraid to question things, right? Mm-hmm. So to just accept what we say, it's wise, it's, it's good for you. Like, just buy it and you'll be happy. Well, journalists, they ask questions, right? They dig. They want to know the reason for things. They want to make sure the facts are correct, right? They want to know who, what, where, how, and why, right? Mm-hmm. Five W's and an H, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So we do that as journalists. And he said, I want, I want to tell you, I want to give you this, this, this truth, this piece of wisdom. Don't be afraid of the marketplace of ideas. It's okay. Because truth will always rise to the top. Mm. But if you're afraid of the questions, you'll miss the truth. Mm. Right? You will accept the status quo. And journalists don't should not just accept the status quo. They shouldn't just drink the Kool-Aid. Right? Mm-hmm. They need to ask. So don't be afraid of the, the marketplace of ideas or the questions. Truth will always rise to the top. And he said, it did for me. I'm a believer. Mm. And I made it through. And you will too. So my, my faith has been informed by that. Mm-hmm. My faith has been informed by being a lifelong churchgoer, reader of the Bible, reader of the Word, been in many small groups in my life, led many small groups through my church experience, but also in what I do for a living as a, as a, as a, there's a theology and a theophany that I've come to about my, my work, my craft, the thing that I'm best at, which is writing and, and by extension now producing, taking those words and bringing them to life. 
And my theophany is this. And it, and it happened when I had some writer's block. Late one night, I was working on an episode of Touched by an Angel way back in the early 2000s. And I had written myself into a, a, a tributary of the Amazon River, right? In, you know, figuratively, mm -hmm. I was lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I couldn't find my way back to the main channel. And I was kind of desperate because in television, the, the, the meter is running, right? There's no such thing as writer's block. You're not allowed to, mm -hmm. right? Because the, the, you have 100 people who make a paycheck as your crew. They're happy to take some time off. They're still going to get paid. So there's no such thing as being late on a script, right? Because you got to feed the beast. Every seven days, a new show has to go into production and television. So I was feeling desperate, and I just I reached out to God, and I said, I don't know what to do here. I've written myself into this corner. I don't know how to get out. Please help me. Now, words didn't start magically typing themselves on the screen, right? I didn't hear a voice, but I got a deep soul impression. And that impression is this. I was a writer. Now you be one. Mm. And I got chill bumps mm. from that. I get it every time I say that, I re re recount that story. And all of a sudden, all these verses from my childhood, my years, my growing up years in church and all the study that I had done, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was not written on, on tablets of stone, but on hearts of flesh. Mm -hmm. Jesus, the author and protector of our faith. God, the author of the universe. There's even passages in, in Scripture about uh, in, in Ezekiel and Leviticus and Revelations, the verse, he ate the scroll. Mm, mm. He ate, it's literally recounted that he ate the words of truth. Mm. And, and, he, and, he did, and he took them into his, his body and his soul in order to, to absorb them fully. And... I was like stunned by this. And I and I and I remembered like how did God choose to leave his revelation to us in a big fat novel. Mm. And his story history his story is a giant cosmic narrative running through space and time in the truth that runs through eternity in our cosmos. Mm. And if I'm a writer, if that's what I'm, that's, and if I'm made in the image of the author of everything, mm -hmm. right? And I have a tiny strand of that creative DNA in me. My strand is I'm a writer too. Mm. That's legacy time. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the legacy of the, the creator who spoke everything into existence with his words, writing, story, communication is how it all started. Mm. And we get to be part of that. And I just said, okay, 
All right, God, you dictate. Holy Spirit, you dictate and I'll listen. I'll type. And so even today I have on my 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 computer a little post-it note that I have to replace because the stickum runs out. Yeah. Uh, be God's typist. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I've never had another case of writer's block since then because I ask God to write through me. I ask him for the, the muse, the Holy Spirit to, to just flow through and I will just type. And I'm not saying it doesn't, ha- it's not necessarily golden when it comes out, but it's not bad. And the, ref- you, you know, somebody once said you can't, you know, once you let the genie out of the bottle, you can't tell it how to behave, mm. right? Yes, you can. It's called rewriting. It's called rewriting. You can refine. You can make it better. But I've never run up against a block like that. And so for me, my my writing, my storytelling is connected to my, my faith. Mm-hmm. It's part and parcel. It's who I am. It's what I'm supposed to do. It's the only thing I really know how to do, right? Mm-hmm. I would be wandering around mumbling to myself without this, <laughs> right? So there's a rich, for me, a rich integration of my skill, my craft, my purpose, and the theology that I embrace. It's all one. It's all integrated. Yeah, and you know, you shared that story with the first time we met you on a Zoom call. Yeah, me and Rocky were on there, and a couple other guys. And, yes, and and you didn't know this, but Rocky has always said when he writes his books and all that, he feels like he's just taking dictation from God and just writing it down. And it was just like, okay, God, you sent us the right guy. You know, th- mm-hmm. this guy, and well, not only that, but you had read Journey to the Inner Chamber. Yeah, and you were just. And you loved it. Yeah. And you were just already pouring out ideas that resonated with where our thoughts were about the story. How do you how do you make this story into a movie? And and it was a God. It was a God thing mm-hmm. for sure. I, I, I believe that, too. Now, Brian, that, you know, this is what was supposed to be next for me. And, um, you know, it, it's easy to get me. Now, other people maybe don't think that. But I you get me. You got me at story. Like story is food. Yeah. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that story is as much sustenance for us as actual food. It's soul food. Mm. And we all want it. We all hunger for it. It's why people are watching so much content. They're watching story. They're reading books. They're listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mediated. We are all mediated 24-7 almost, right? Mm-hmm. By content that's flying at us. People want us to, to, to read their stuff, watch their stuff, listen to their stuff. And we want it. It's the, honestly, it's an essential service, right? I believe I'm giving sustenance to people with my work. Mm-hmm. And that's as key and crucial to them as medicine and food and water, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Story is, is food. And story can also be poison when it's ingested. And I have this successful TV show. I'm working on this movie with influencers that we hope will 
will be seen by tens of millions of people worldwide at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not too long in the distance. But everywhere you turn on television or in the theaters, for the most part, is zombies, vampires, crystal meth dealers, um, cynical people, cops, you know, corrupt politicians, anti-heroes galore, mm -hmm. right? Right. And I'm not saying it's all poison, because there's a lot of it that's really thoughtful and, and, and well-made and good and interesting. And, and we do need cautionary tales, right, about the mm -hmm. state of our world. The yeah. world is, is in trouble, right? Human, human beings are in trouble, no matter what color we are. Right. We're all we all bleed the same blood. Mm -hmm. So everywhere you turn on on TV, it's dripping with cynicism. It's I equate it to eating razor blades, mm. eating broken glass. We're consuming broken glass and it's tearing us up inside. Mm. It's tearing our souls to pieces. I want to do content that I'm shoving medicine down people's throats, right? <laughs> I'm giving them wholesome, healthy, nourishing food that is going to bring them back, mm. revive their insides, right? Story is food. Story is soul food. And if nobody else has given it to them, I, I've discovered that when you do, like with our TV show, when you give people soul food, they will love you. If you find starving people, and I believe it's most people, to be honest, they're starved to death for uplift. They're starved to death for hope. And when you give it to them in the form of film, TV, books, media, they will love you. They're starving. You bring them food. They're going to love you. They're going to want more from you. And so... I just lean into that. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this story being that kind of kind of a project, that kind of a medicine. What do you, what do you talk about this influencer's journey to the inner chamber story? Yeah. When I when I first read Rocky's book, um, I was kind of blown away by it. I, I initially said I have no clue how to turn this into a movie, because if for those in your audience that have already read. This book, you know, Journey to the Inner Chamber, Inmost Chamber, there, there, there's this unbelievable Pilgrim's Progress-like vision mm -hmm. that this journeyman, this traveler receives from God. And it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's, it's this incredibly epic like depiction of this refugee camp and these ring wraiths, demons, you know, like out of Lord of the Rings that are shooting flaming arrows at these refugees. And, and they're, they're hopeless. They're, they're bound to the chains of their lives and to their choices and this, the, 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 the wrongs they've committed, the sins that they've committed, the, mm -hmm. 
the the temptations that surround them. They're bound to them with chains almost. And they're just sitting there like sitting ducks. And here comes this army of evil that's plucking them off every night. They come and pluck them off. And, and then those refugees are pu- really pulled into the pit, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this castle in the distance. And there's these knights in armor that come out with shields, strong shields that no arrow can can penetrate. And they go and they stage rescue operations. Mm. That is epic. That is an epic vision. And so you had me at, at vision on that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Because th- this is cinematic gold, you know, for a, a filmmaker, film writer, producer, you know, I'm seeing it all yeah. as I'm reading it. Uh-huh. And so I said, okay, this is tricky to do. It's a tricky movie to make because it's the vision is seen by an everyman, right? He doesn't even have a name in the book. We're going to find a name for him in the movie. But he's an everyman who represents us. Mm-hmm. And he's going through some struggles in his life. And we found some pretty hard struggles for him to go through for this movie project. But he's going on his own journey. He's going on his own spiritual journey. And this this vision comes to him at a time when he really needs it. Mm -hmm. And what he learns is that you don't have to remain a refugee. There's a bridge to a castle. And inside that castle is safety. Inside that castle is food, is training, is sustenance. And there's something even more that's inside that castle, a feast. But the feast is, for those who haven't read it, I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) But the feast is like the best thing you can ever get in your life. Mm -hmm. But it requires you to go across that bridge to, to be free of your chains, to leave the refugee camp, and not to be resigned to that as your destiny anymore. You take the step across that bridge. There's a toll that you have to pay. But guess what? It's already been paid for you. Mm. There's an act of love that has paid that toll. And anybody can accept the toll and go in. Mm. But so many people just want to stay bound to their chains. Mm-hmm. Right? So... There, there's this vision for this young man to come at a time when he really needs it, when he's got chains in his own life that he needs to be free of. Um, he's going to get there. And there's an incredible character named Gabe in this story mm-hmm. who becomes his guide into the castle, into the inner chamber where he he can be trained up now as a knight to go do rescue missions too. Mm-hmm. So, and it's an allegory, but it's also real life. It's very, very real life uh-huh. around that allegory. And it's it's like, it's like for me as a writer, like with all that variety in the, the story, you know, uh, it's like bellying up to, 
a seven course meal and just like gorging on all of it. <laughs> it it's just rich. Mm. It's beautiful. It's it's great food. Good for me personally mm-hmm. to do something like this. But my goal is eyeballs. Yeah. I want to help influencers get this movie in front of tens of millions of people who are just like our journeyman mm-hmm. who have their own chains that they need to be free of. That's right. That's right. And uh, and we're just now starting to raise awareness and fundraising and all that. And you've been part of a lot of projects and yep. you know that uh, funding is a is an important part of it. Um, it is. I, I, I'm a big believer in um, in encouraging people who like the sound of what I just said, what we've been talking about this project, like the sound of that, to become a patron of that. You know, we we turn on the television and all this content comes at us and it seems like it's free. Well, it's not really free. You're paying for it in one way or another, mm-hmm. right? Your cable bill, your subscription to a streaming service, your satellite service, your internet service. You, you're paying for this content in one way or another. And if what I, what I describe there feels epic and like something you'd really like to see, well, it doesn't happen on its own. It doesn't happen free. It Content is not free to make. So I believe in encouraging people to patronize what they love. If you want more content like this, be a patron. Be a healthy patron of those projects because it's risky to do. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a big vision for the people to take the risk to make a project like this. It requires investment and requires champions to come aboard and say, I'm with you on this. I see the value. I see the, the, the potential kingdom value of all those eyeballs watching this. Um, I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to help you get there, right? That's being a patron of the arts, mm-hmm. right? And not just a taker, not just a freeloader, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You patronize it. And do you know that in the history of the church, the Christian church, that all the great art of the Renaissance came at, out of the church. Mm. The church patronized it. Mm. When Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, the fresco of the creation story, it was patrons, churchgoers, and the church that paid for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? We patronize what's good, what's healthy, what's great, what what lifts our souls. We need to patronize that and not just be freeloaders, not just take it in and go our merry way, but we need to like be proactive about investing and keep, because here's the story. I mean, here's the, here's the implications of this. If you patronize it, you'll get more. If you help get something done, you'll get more of what you love. If you don't, why take the risk? If if people create something and then lose and it doesn't it doesn't pay for itself, it's there's a debt on it, those are the scenarios. 
well, then why would they ever do it again? Yeah. And you have, there's an army of people of faith who want to make great content for everybody. Get, be the wind beneath their wings. Let them soar like eagle, eagles because you have given an uplift to them, an updraft to them. Yeah, and I was thinking also that we've been talking about we we want to raise all the funds with our people, you know, our, our funds so that we have the the creative control so that, yeah. that no studio can come in and say, oh, you need to change this or, or don't make it so Christian or right. whatever. You know, we would have the ability to to bring the vision we have to the public. Yeah. And that's not to demonize anybody or no, to, no. you know, it's business. Yeah. For some people, it's just business and they're trying to make they're trying to make it work for them in terms of their return on investment. So. They're trying to broaden out the stories and make them as accessible to as many people as possible because that's how that's how you win in business. Well, there's nothing wrong with their motivation. I I totally understand why they do it. However, if champions get behind something that doesn't need to be broadened or watered down in terms of its impact, if champions step up. Like they are starting to in many ways. There's been many examples of a show. My friend Dallas Jenkins is the chosen. Mm-hmm. That was started by a crowd mm-hmm. of people that raised money to help make it happen, and it has now been seen by a hundred million people. Mm. Wow. Four seasons of that, and it all was started very humbly by a small group of people who said yes. And said, I will be a champion to get this show out there. Mm-hmm. That's what can happen with the journey film. It needs to happen. Honestly, it's a it's a better story. It was not some mega company coming in and putting all the money up. You know, we're not opposed to it if that happens, but but it's a more organic process if people who believe in the vision step up and say, This needs to happen. Because to be honest, Brian, um, and this is hard to say, but the conversation that our that the, the church broadly is having is not as loud a conversation as the media is having. So we can choose to be part of that conversation and contribute to the conversation with truth and and hope and this kind of content. Or we can just like go, ah, well, that, you know, to be honest, to hell with all that, mm-hmm. right? right? Let it go. Do whatever you're going to do. We're just going to go over here and, and talk to ourselves. Well, that's not the refugee camp of this story. Refugee camp has search and rescue going after them. <laughs> People that love this ministry, influencers, who love Rocky's book, who love this story, this is about you, you being involved in search and rescue for the refugees. That's right. Because that allegory is about the world. It's about everybody who's not already in the castle. So they need us. Those refugees are there. And they need this movie. Anybody that steps up and says, I'll be a champion, whatever the, the amount that they can 
they can participate with. It, it doesn't matter. Widow's mites are fantastic, mm-hmm. right? That's right. They're even accounted as more sacrificial than what other people might do. They are they are conducting a rescue operation by supporting what this is about. That's right. That's right. Well, um, I'll be checking back with you from time. We'll do another. I'm sure we'll do a few more podcasts and love to. To, to give updates and all that. You know, between yes. you and Kevin and all the rest, our team's going to keep growing. I think as this goes on. So yeah, it's exciting. So, so God bless you as you work on the script these next several months, and uh, it's going to be exciting. We we got some great. Great start to it all and had some great creative meetings last couple of days. So, Absolutely. Uh, Thank gonna, you. It's going to be great. So thanks, Brian, for being my guest. My um, yeah. And for all you out there want to learn a little bit more, uh, you can go to our website, influencers.org. And we, we have a whole page dedicated uh, to the movie and the updates. Uh, just go to the homepage and click on the journey film and you'll, you'll see, you know, some other uh, interviews we've done about it and a pitch deck that kind of talks about it and talks about the finances and all that kind of stuff too. So, so anyway, I hope you guys will join this. It's, it's getting exciting and uh, it's, it's a reality. So come join us. Um, anyway, my name is Brian Craig. Uh, I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and uh, I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.